0: Craft Beer Radio, Episode 17, October 11th, 2005.
1: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, part two of our American Porter Show. That's it. That's all I have. (laughs) Well, I like the western twang. (laughs) I should wear a 10-gallon hat next time just to sort of add authenticity to it. (laughs) Like the the car salesman guy from The Simpsons. That's right. Now you're thinking. All right. All right. First, uh, of course, we do business, as always.
0: One thing I wanted to mention to the listeners is that I added a bandwidth limiting module to our web server. We were getting some pretty, dun, dun, big, sp- we were getting some pretty big spikes from some people on some fat pipes out there. Which is
1: no fault of, of their own. No, it's just- not
0: fault of their own. But I didn't want my hosting provider to come back at me and complain that I'm using up so much bandwidth. And being a podcast, you don't need to get the podcast in 90 seconds when you can get it in five minutes. Right. So I put up bandwidth limiting thing on it, so we don't use as much bandwidth up at at a single time by a single person. You
1: can always torrent it, too. We have the BitTorrent uh, files for everything, right? Oh, absolutely.
0: So it's not going to make it less, but it's going to take a little bit longer if you're on a really fast connection. But it's going to keep us from using too much bandwidth. If anyone has noticed any problems with downloading the show last week, let us know. But from what I've been looking at, everything looks a okay.
1: There are several ways you can give us feedback. First is by posting a comment on our website, which is at craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave us a comment. Uh, You can call our new comment line at 206-202-BEER. And please, if you do call, specify whether it's okay if we use that comment on the air or not. Is it still our new comment line? Well, it's new in the sense that only two people have actually given us comments. So, oh, okay,
0: yes, it's absolutely it hasn't new been then.
1: totally broken in yet.
0: And then the it's final like a new pair of jeans. The final and most popular method is to send us an email. Or an audio comment at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Well,
1: the audio comment, thing isn't so popular, but the email certainly is. But we love getting them, too. So keep them sending.
0: And uh, on to some of this wonderful emails. And the first two are not from listeners, but rather from brewers. Oh. They are ones who got back to us a little bit too late for last (laughs) show. Got an email back from Max at Otter Creek. I think he is the brewer. He didn't say it, but he said my beer. So I think he's the brewer. Yeah. And he gave us some information about the stovepipe porter, but since we're not reviewing the beer... I wasn't going to go over the gravity and everything right now, but I did want to share that where Utter Creek is available. Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Delaware, Maryland, Washington, D.C., Virginia, North Carolina, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, California, and Oregon.
1: Illinois, you're going to get some uh, pronunciation. Ah, out of that one.
0: I'm just an ignorant Pittsburgher. Illinois. Second one we got was from Nancy from Yard's. She answered some of our questions about the General Washington's Porter from last week. An interesting fact is that the Washington's Porter is brewed with molasses. Hmm. So that would explain some of the, the rich yeah. character and flavor that we got out of the beer. She also gave us some information about these Yard's Beers of the Revolution. The Founding or, Fathers series. Right? right. The first one that they put out was Thomas Jefferson's Tavernale. A strong gold nail, ingredients originally specified by Jefferson himself for semi-annual brewing at his estate at Monticello.
1: Monticello.
0: The second one was the George Washington Porter. George Washington originally created his porter to satisfy the thirst of his field officers. Really? So he was like, hey guys, have some beer.
1: I got a beer for you. That's wow. not today's
0: army. No. And also, they're putting out a third beer in the series. It should be out shortly, on tap, and in bottles, hopefully before Christmas. Poor Richard's Tavern Spice Ale, it's in uh, honor of Benjamin Franklin. It's spruce and
1: molasses, it
0: says. Right, so it's similar to the thing the WinCube, or the WineCube guys were doing with really? their contest. You know, they were honoring Benjamin Franklin. Is but, it
1: Tavern Spice? It
0: looks like Tavern Spruce here. Yeah, Tavern Spruce. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry if I didn't say that right.
1: You didn't say it right, Jeff. Okay. Uh, water from Louisville wrote in, and he said that uh, regarding the coffee flavor on the Mocha Porter, it comes from chocolate. Beans and coffee bean and chocolate bean are very closely related. Uh, he says that the mocha actually refers to chocolate. Now, I was under the impression always that mocha, yes, mocha referred to chocolate, but in coffee. I didn't realize it was just separately. Mocha means chocolate, which may be the case. We haven't had a chance to really look into it.
0: Now, he says comes from the chocolate. I don't believe that beer has chocolate in it either. It's just the chocolate malt. So I think it's, they had chocolate malt. They were getting a flavor that tasted like chocolate in coffee. So, they said, so that's oh, probably how they that. named it. Yeah. Mocha Porter. Okay, since we're recording early this week, that is the last of the email. that was fit to print. I do want to thank everyone who sent in just emails telling us how much they enjoyed the show. Yeah, we appreciate those. On to news. First thing I want to mention is something that I forgot to do last week, and I don't know how I missed this. Yeah. At the Great American Beer Festival, in the Maybach category, Pittsburgh's very own Church Brewworks won the gold medal.
1: That's great. Church Brewworks is a uh, brewery brewery restaurant that is built in an old church. old big church, and they just sort of gutted it out and turned it into a brewery.
0: Yeah, the church was retired. It was going to get torn down. So some, they bought it and put a brewery in it. They make some great food. It's a beautiful place to eat. And they make some pretty good beers. Like I said, I was looking through the list last week and completely missed seeing the Church Brewworks Works under the Maybach category. So congratulations, Church Brewworks. Yay. Next piece of news I have. Now, this is really interesting. At the Great American Beer Festival, they had a mystery tasting booth. They were pouring beers at each of the sessions, one beer, and you had to guess from which category it was. The categories included pale ale, India pale ale, porter, pilsner, Belgian-style ale, Bavarian weed ale, mm-hmm. and a few others, I believe. Then they tallied up how many people guessed the right beer. For the India Pale Ale, eighty-seven percent of the people guessed the right style. For the Porter, eighty-three percent of people guessed the right style. So people know IPA. Right, it's pretty Porter. good. Yeah. Now for porters, there was only one black beer style of the ones you could choose from. So it was so the obvious. yeah the other because well, there are like black lagers and there are stuff like that. But they gave you it is multiple choice oh. and Porter Stout was the uh, was one option. And it was the only one that was dark. Right. So it's kind of surprising that that wasn't 100%. But you figure you got some. Some people don't know what any of these words mean. Exactly. The Belgian style ale, 70% of the people identified the the correct style. Hefeweizen style, only 41% of the people guessed the right style. Hmm. Hefeweizen is a pretty distinct style, in my opinion. So it just goes to show that there's still room for lots of craft beer education out there, teaching people what styles are, giving them little tasting seminars, things like that. Actually, more people thought, 43% thought it was a Belgian-style ale. Well, I guess it's... It, and only 41 guessed Hefeweizen. You
1: know, a, a wheat beer is considerably different from the other beers that people try, and so they may... Th- like, I was talking to a friend of mine who thought that uh, he was drinking Miller Lite, Right, This was a, a poker game.
0: Okay, and it has a,
1: a one the, in the emblem has like some wheat on it. So he said, "Oh, this is a wheat beer," because it has wheat in there. Okay. And I was like, "No, that's barley. If anything, it's usually pr- probably rice." Right. But people just think wheat and regular beers. I think taste the same. People who aren't exposed to it, and they thought, "Well, this is so different. This must be like Belgian style." Oh,
0: it could be that way. The heifer bison they use was from Left Hand Brewing. Apparently, it's a classic Bavarian style with a lot of the clove, a lot of the uh-huh. banana. So it's not a subtle Hefeweizen. Right. It's a pretty obvious one. I'm just surprised that only 41% got it right. Just goes to show that they need to listen to us more. That's right. Tune in. The next piece of news I have is a little information about Oktoberfest. Mm. Record attendance, over 6 million people. That's surprised surprise me. But beer consumption is down over recent years. They, there was over 6 million people there. They sold less than six million liters of beer, and you gotta buy a liter at a time. So, not everyone who went drank a beer, and you gotta figure there's a fair amount of people that drank 10.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe I guess they could share. Maybe they, they went for the Mike's lemonade. Oh, them alternatives
0: very well could have. <laughs> <laughs> Grant's Ales leaves home. Burke Grant's real ale is no longer being brewed in Yakima, Washington. Where the Yakima Brewing and Malting Company founder Burt Grant established America's first post-prohibition brew pub in 1982. Really? The financially troubled Yakima Brewing Company announced that it's moving production to unspecified breweries in the southeast, west coast, and northeast. Have you ever tried any of Burt Grant's real ales? I had some when I was out in Seattle. I had They have that... Actually, I think you had one when I came back from the brew cruise. I, that mandarin know. hefeweizen. Yes! That was pretty good. Well, and I had a couple others, too, but I don't remember that. Mandarin he, yeah, excuse me. The Mandarin Hefeweizen was one that stood out. Yeah, that was good. Sam Adams lets drinkers choose next offering. Oh, really? Yeah, they're having... Can we dunk Jim Cook into a big bottle Big thing of... Beer? Utopias? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's like a uh, dunk booth type thing. Yeah. They have two pilot beers they got going they have a bohemian pilsner and a brown ale mm. and you get the vote on which one you like more and that's the one they're going to first put into seasonal packs but then make regular production out of it
1: i love a really good pilsner but there's so many lagers out there on the market today i'd love to see a, another good brown ale come out
0: yeah it'd be interesting i haven't heard anything i haven't had these beers if you listen to basic brewing radio this week james spencer talked with one of the brewers who work at the boston brewery the pilot brewery and he was talking about these beers a little bit he's he's a Excited about both of them, and whichever one takes off, he's going to be pretty happy with putting out a new beer. Mm-hmm. I suspect,
1: well, I don't know, because you suspect that people are going to go for the lager more, but then again, a real bohemian pilsner is going to be very hoppy, and it may turn some people off, as opposed to a brown ale, which would be malty, and may attract more people.
0: So, they're going to have tasting events around the country, so keep an ear open. They'll probably advertise them on the radio or something. And a mouth open, too.
1: Hmm? And a mouth open, too, not just your ear. Oh. Because if you just kept your ear okay. open, that really
0: wouldn't help you for drinking the beer. We don't have a what beer am I this week because right. I wasn't inspired. The muse didn't hit me. I couldn't find any beers that had a unique enough right. attributes that they deserve to be uh, a what beer am I. And we're doing this on a short notice anyway. So. Right. Five people got in last week. That's Corey, Ben, Benjamin, Scott, and Chris. And the beer last week was the... New Galaris Raspberry Tart. Raspberry Tart. I've never had that one, but it sounds good. I haven't had any beers from them, and they make some pretty interesting ones from what I've heard. And they were featured kind of prominently in the American Beer DVD about making that one, and they have a cherry beer that they basically lose money on making it, but they make it because it's fun. <laughs> and it's hard to make, but they make it because it's fun for selling it to the enthusiasts. Interesting.
1: Uh, well, let's do your little uh, macro muck. Which I haven't, I haven't heard this. This is apparently a, a commercial that ran, which I had not heard about, so I'm going to hear this firsthand from Jeff.
0: Macromuck this week. I was watching the Monday Night Football game last night, watching my beloved Steelers eke out a win in the <laughs> final seconds. How about Ben? Before Ben went down. Yeah, yeah. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. But I'm sure if you were watching the game, you noticed the Bud Light commercial, where they're telling you how important it is how to pour your beer into a glass. It's kind of a funny commercial. The guy is kind of at a uh, karate dojo in China learning the secrets of pouring beer, right? And so he's pouring the beer, and then there's this Mr. Miyagi guy in the background. And he's like, pour it in the center to release carbonation in aroma. <laughs> to release what? In which beer?
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure there's plenty of carbonation in there. Yeah, but aroma?
0: Mmm, <laughs> it smells
1: like metal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So there's another thing where he's being dragged by a horse and he's trying to pour the beer in the glass and not spill any. It's kind of humorous. Now, the whole point, I thought this would be a good macro muck, is it is one of those small victories for the craft beer enthusiast. They're, not, they're showing you to drink Budweiser from a glass. That's mm-hmm. a big change from their old marketing where you drink it out of the bottle. Or their plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. Or their easy screw top bottle. Or their this bottle. Or their that bottle. Or the can with the big mouth opening. Exactly. So now they're telling you to drink it from a glass... And the thing is, instead of pouring it down the side, you pour it in the middle to release the carbonation and aroma. The thing is, when they show them pouring it in the middle, it's only the last couple inches. So they're kind of just splashing it off, which is what most people do when they pour beer anyway. Mm-hmm. They couldn't just say, you know, drink it from a glass, this, that. They had to say, you know, the beer geeks are doing it wrong. you got to pour it in the middle. Which is it's a small victory for us. That's true. Well, I guess we can, all, we can count on those. So, not the most potent macro muck, but I thought it was worth mentioning.
1: <laughs> on to uh, the style of the week, which is, the again, the American Porter.
0: Let's fly uh, through these real fast. Okay. Kind of recap over yeah. the last week. Not spend too much time. Glassware, pint glass. Mm-hmm. The food is a barbecue, smoked meat Amazing. or grilled meat. Nice
1: caramelization on the outside. Bring out some sweetness.
0: Cheese, a brie, gouda, havarti, or Swiss. Mm-hmm. So, a creamy cheese, a little bit of nutty. Smoky smoky. Serving temperature 45 to 50 Fahrenheit, 7 to 10 Celsius, which is the warmer average temperature for almost every beer we've done. Mm-hmm. Not intended for cellaring unless it's a stronger beer for the style. Alcohol is 4 to 7.5%. We're not going to go over the history of the quarter. We spent Man. a fair amount of time on that last week, so if you're listening to for the first time, it should definitely tune in last week yeah, to get the full part week,
1: of this. We go, over, we go over some of the BJCP guidelines, which include... Roasty aroma, medium brown, dark brown color, malty flavor, occasionally some hoppiness, that sort of thing. On to our first beer, which is the Black Hook Porter. It's an American porter from the Red Hook Ale Brewery, the same people who do the Red Hook ESB. This is in Woodinville, Washington. I hope I pronounced that right. www.redhook.com. The brewery started in 1994, although... We think the Black Hook might have been brewed since 1983, I guess, by someone else. I don't know. That's what the website said. Interesting. Alcohol of 5.23%. Gravity of 1.0498. For everybody who wants to mark that noun, be exact. 32.6 IBUs. Hopped with a Willamette. Eroica and Cascade hops. Mmm, Cascade hops. Two-Row Clegg's Caramel 40... Black malt and roasted barley are the malts.
0: A lot of information you got on this one. They had a very informative website yeah. for me. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to do more Red Hooks on purpose because they were so easy to gather yeah. the information for. It's worth saying that Red Hook has a distribution deal with Anheuser-Busch. They get help they get very, distributing. Yeah, I mean, their,
1: their annual production is 250,000 barrels, so they're a regional.
0: A yeah, nice uh, coffee aroma yeah. I'm getting out of this. I'm getting yeah. a lot of coffee flavor, more than. More than that at most beers. Well,
1: I'm not getting so much coffee, just a, a dark roasty.
0: Well, okay, you know what? That last one, I got a little bit of coffee. See? Yeah. yeah. It comes and goes. I, now I'm getting a lot of roasty, but a couple of them smell just like straight coffee. A small head and very dark.
1: Dark brown to the black.
0: Has a very, very thin mouthfeel. Too thin. Yeah. Too thin of a mouthfeel. Carbonation is there, but... It's, uh... With a, such a thin mouthfeel, it... It doesn't really stick onto your tongue very well. The, right. the flavor... There, there's some good flavors, I think,
1: here, but they kind of wash away very quickly. And the flavors that are there, there's some... Um, there's some malthiness, sugariness, a, a poppy bitterness that hits you at the end. They yeah, it's so thin that it just... It almost goes away before you can really analyze it.
0: Yeah. After you swallow it, you get a lot of roast that, sit, that sits on your tongue. Kind of like the... uh was the first beer we tasted last week? Otter Creek. Otter Creek was it? I think so. Yeah. Where you got a whole bunch of just roast that stays on your mouth in your mouth and sits right on your tongue after you've swallowed it,
1: but it's not as unpleasant as that as that one was.
0: I think I like the Otter Creek better. Really? Yeah. This one just the mouth feels just so thin. It's almost lager esque. I guess you could say that. It's almost water esque. <laughs> it's thin as in it slides down your throat almost. Yeah. Because. When you drink a beer, even a beer with a medium body, you take a sip and you like you feel it roll up over your tongue. Right. This one just like slides over your tongue. It slides there, it it goes
1: the flavor goes away quickly. You're left with nothing but the bare minimum of of the flavor and some of the lingering bitterness.
0: Bitterness from the roast. I'm like, you know, there's not much hoppiness bitterness in this, but you wouldn't normally get that in the style anyway. There has a bunch of different hops in there, but
1: I can taste a little bit of the cascade, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: and maybe a bit of the
1: Willamette. I don't know what e- R- R- Royca hops tastes like, so
0: wouldn't be able to pick them out. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I guess we could talk about this in the main show, since mm-hmm. it's pretty beer geek-oriented. I am starting the BJCP class tomorrow. Oh,
1: great. Yeah.
0: I and won't be able to, but... Let um, me know when you get back. We'll see what they... S- I'll talk with them and see what they say about you coming in for a couple of classes and maybe just paying a reduced... Fee or something along those, or if you want to just pick it up from there. Yeah. But it might be hard to, to actually take the test without with missing stuff. I haven't been to any classes yet, so I really don't know how much there is or how it's formatted. I'm so. going to have dreams of coming in naked or <laughs> wearing pants and
1: the locker room can't get into my locker. It's going to uh, be tough. Have another test to do? Oh my god!
0: <laughs> yep. So this They're week killing me. The, the uh, topics for tomorrow are malts, malting and light lagers. Yum! <laughs> yeah, guess it has to be covered. But you know, what do yeah. we start off with? The light loggers.
1: What kind of testing do they do for the BJCP? I mean, do you just get a whole bunch of beers? say, all right. Tell me what you think.
0: I think there's um, written tests. So what, how what what you know? What would you expect to find in a porter? What would you expect to find in? I see another thing, and you probably got to know the names of the compounds. To give you the flavors. I know a couple guys in the club who have taken it. They. They're kind of showing off, but they're like, that's the uh, acylacletaline or, you know, different hmm. you know compounds when they're tasting a beer. So. I, m- I may have to, like, it sounds like I may have to either read your notes or take the next class. There's, a, there's one course they're going to have, and I know a lot of people at the Homebrew Club are probably going to go just to that one, and they're mm-hmm. going to have a fee worked out for it. It's an off-flavor course. So they have this kit from the Siebel Institute with all these little off-flavors and vials, and you add it to Coors Light, and you drink it and you can taste what oxidation t- tastes like. And you can taste what light struck tastes like. And you can taste all the different off flavors you can get in beer. Why don't you just pour a Coors Light and say, wow, there's off flavor right there. <laughs> exactly. But So that's going to be interesting. Really getting to taste pure examples of certain off flavors.
1: Hmm. Or pure examples of what people have bottled and consider to be bottled versions of off flavors. Yeah, but
0: it's the Siebel Institute, which is probably the most prestigious brewing school in the United States.
1: I'm not saying it's not okay. right, it's just it's, it's interesting that they have bottles of off-flavoring. They can just go around like, you can actually go to a bar somewhere where somebody's not looking. <laughs> Tastes like skunk. <scum. laughs> Imagine being the guy who had to test those flavors and like, man, that's not that's not quite oxidized. <laughs> <laughs> that would be odd.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right next to the deodorant smelling
1: guy. Uh, did, they, did they give those to rats to make sure they don't die when you eat them
0: or something? Do these things cause cancer? I'll let you know after. Next week, or when we come back, I'll let, let you know how the classes went right. and what they're like.
1: If you're not already dead from the crazy compounds they're giving you.
0: Well, that's not going to be too much later. The, the off-flavors course. <laughs> but I am going to have to choke down light loggers tomorrow night, apparently. Yeah. You sound Excited. Not not about drinking the white lagers, but hey, it's all in the it's all in the name to make this show better. That's right. What's next? Next beer that we are going to be tasting is the Sierra Nevada Porter. Mm, Sierra Nevada, another uh, uh, another big regional brewery. One best medium sized brewery at the Great American Beer Festival. Congratulations, Sierra Nevada! They make some good stuff. Yeah, they do, especially their Celebration Christmas Ale, <laughs> or New Year's Ale, or Winter Ale, that stuff mm good.
1: They get ragged on a bit for, I guess, the sellout factor, in the sense that it's, it's the one you can find everywhere, but they shouldn't, because they, they do make some good beers.
0: Their Pale Ale's pretty good. Yeah. You can get it a lot of places, you can get Sam Adams of Boston Lager, and I'd much prefer Sierra Nevada Pale Ale over Sam Adams Boston yeah. Lager. This
1: is uh, 5.6% alcohol by volume By this here Nevada Permanent Company In Chico, California
0: And Jeff pulled a huge head out of his I thought the bottle was almost done And I wanted to get a little head out of it So I started pouring it in the center Like the Bud Light Uh, guys told me Right. And there was more in the bottle than I thought Very
1: dark Dark brown Very dark brown and a little bit of head on mine (laughs) A A little bit more on Jeff's Like I said and a production of 500,000 barrels. That's pretty high. And they're available, well, pretty much everywhere. Brewery started in 1981. What are you smelling? Uh, cocoa smell. Cocoa hops. I'm smelling some hops.
0: Yeah, I'm getting some hops too, but I'm getting mostly cocoa. Not too much of a roasted barley or anything. A little bit more... of a, a
1: little bit of a caramel smell.
0: Mmm. Has a strong coffee ish flavor to it. With, with some hoppy accent on the side, on yeah, the side of your mouth. Wow, that's that's good. Yeah. that's <laughs> has a full mouthfeel, mm-hmm. medium to medium, full mouthfeel. A very nice
1: chocolatey, dark roastiness in the front, like we said, in the front of your tongue. And the size of your tongue,
0: a uh, hoppiness. and carbonation on this isn't too energetic. It's, it's a nice mellow smoothness that it gives to the, the mouthfeel of the beer.
1: Nice maltiness also slides down the rest of the tongue. Not a heck of a lot of bitterness hits you at the end. It doesn't have that kind of staying on your tongue thing it tastes like there's a mocha flavor there mocha mocha with ke- with uh, coffee okay. flavor <laughs> this is really good i like the mouthfeel of it too it really helps
0: accentuate all those flavors it's a nice full mouthfeel i mean we're really noticing it because of the the last beer that we had the black hook right before this one mm-hmm. it's a huge difference and this one's right where we prefer the mouthfeel to be on these beers
1: some really good sweetness in there,
0: that balances out
1: the hoppiness, which is not overwhelming at all, but it, it's definitely there and
0: noticeable. goes back to saying where people knock Sierra Nevada. There's no reason to yeah. knock them for this beer. Uh, let's see. I think I mentioned 53 percent
1: alcohol there. Gravity is 145 Plato. Bitterness of 40, which I don't really notice that much. Hops with Golding and Willamette, and malt is Munich, chocolate, and caramel. Won some awards won first place at the California Brewers Festival in 2000 for a Robust Porter. And the Colorado State Fair, it won for Porter in 1996. With a beer like this, I'm really surprised it didn't win more awards. Yeah, it's,
0: it's a good Porter. I've had this before, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was right when I was first starting beer. It was like one of my first Mix & Match six-packs I picked up. It was a point where I knew I still liked Porters and Stouts and not other things. So I picked up this, an Anchor Porter, which is another beer we're tasting tonight, and I haven't had it since and Sierra Nevada Stout, and a couple others, and I, I don't remember enjoying it this much. Probably because I just wasn't able to appreciate it at the time.
1: And you're tasting a lot of other porters, and this is the best one of the night so far.
0: Yeah, you won't really go
1: wrong by getting this one. And like we said, it's available pretty much everywhere, so... It's malty and roasty. Yeah, it's, it's malty <laughs> and roasty, a little bit of hoppiness is just the kind of taste I, I like in a porter. It's interesting, because I wonder how this will compare to our next one, which is, um, as it turns out, one of my
0: favorite beers of all time. I'm finishing up this year in Nevada. It has a great taste. It it almost it's almost like alcohol warming, but it's not. It's not that strong. Well it's, it's some of that hoppy bitterness, I think. Yeah, is. hoppy bit probably. But it it complements it. It's so yeah. Good. What kind of food would you want with this? I want a pizza.
1: Pizza? I want a vegetable pizza. Hmm. Maybe a white pizza. No no not created on a tomato. Okay. Some of the cheese, the onion
0: a thin crust. I can't imagine pairing pizza with this, but on the other hand, I can't, ma- I'm not coming up with anything that I'd rather have either. Because <laughs> it doesn't seem, really seem like it would go good with, you know, meat, like a, yeah. a beef or anything. Um, That's a tough one. Maybe,
1: uh, maybe fish. Maybe, um, a soy sauce, a soy
0: crusted fish or something like that. Yeah, maybe it's wasted soy sauce. Maybe like a stir fry would go well. hmm I was trying to think of, um, no, nah, that wouldn't really go well. Well, it we'll would go better than a lot of things I'm thinking of, but that would be like <laughs> a, chicken, a chicken marsala with a marsala wine sauce. It would go better than, I'm not saying great, but all these, I'm trying to find foods, and yeah. I'm like, no, that doesn't go, that doesn't go. Chicken marsala, well, that goes better than everything else, but still not that great.
1: See, I mean, my beer's done and I'm just getting some residual hoppiness, and that kind of it is leading me towards the whole white pizza okay. thing, that, that sort of extra f-
0: floral phenols. Okay, this here in Nevada Porter is bottle conditioned. You can age it slightly, but again, you wouldn't want to extend it to sell with this one.
1: It's 5.6 alcohol, you probably wouldn't want to go crazy
0: with it. Our next
1: one, like we said, is one of my favorite beers of all time. The Edmund Fitzgerald Porter from Great Lakes Brewing Company. This is, as I remember it, a spectacular beer. We'll see if it lives up to it. To its potential, this is a 5.8% alcohol, 37 IBUs, from Great Lakes Brewing Company in Cleveland, Ohio. They're at GreatLakesBrewing.com. Brewery started in 1988. Annual production of 25,000 barrels. Some of their other beers are Burning River Pale Ale, very good Pale Ale, the Blackout Stout, Holy Moses, which is a wit beer. Wit beer, wit beer. I said wit beer, but it's a wit beer. It's a witta. Witta. Mundergold, and the Elliot Ness, and this has won a whole bunch of awards. And I will go over. It won a lot of stuff.
0: World Beer Championship in 2003, and the bronze at the Great American Beer Festival last year. Mm.
1: And immediately what you notice is, is some hoppy aroma.
0: Yeah, the hoppiest beer of the night, aroma wise.
1: Considerable hoppy aroma that's really. Um, getting all the other aromas to move
0: away. Yeah, I'm not able to really smell much roastiness or coffee or toffee or chocolate or anything. It's it's pretty much a hoppy nose on this beer. And it's a very dark, very dark brown. Get some of the ruby highlights at the very yeah. bottom of the glass. Hmm. How's Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Jeff and I are not as impressed as we usually are. No, it, compared to the Sierra Nevada, it's not standing up too well. It to really him. isn't. It's and um, it it always this beer stands on its own tremendously. It's one of our favorites of the style. This is the beer I sent out to the winners of the survey contest. So everyone who is uh, listening, I I hope your bottle doesn't taste like this one's tasting to us right now. It it, it seems a little bit lighter in mouthfeel.
1: That the flavors aren't quite as pronounced there's, the hoppiness is not really coming, the hoppiness is there it's not really coming through, the the maltiness isn't coming through as well, it's sort of more muted
0: Yeah, it certainly is, and it shouldn't really be due to the condition of this beer because Great Lakes they filter their beers but they don't pasteurize them, Mm -hmm. so they ship them refrigerated and at the beer distributor they're all in the cooler, they don't keep them on the shelf at room temperature so they are stored in Pretty good conditions I don't know why they filter them It's just one of their business decisions They made to do I obviously wouldn't I have no problem with the bottle conditioned beer Huh I wonder if this is one that I I had a couple of Edmonds that We got on singles at D's Which weren't refrigerated
1: yeah. And
0: then I bought a case I thought I grabbed one from the case So it would be the best one to use for the show but I wonder if I grabbed the wrong one. I think
1: regardless, the Sierra Nevada would, would be beating it. I mean, it has better mouthfeel. It has a little bit more pronounced, some of the flavors in terms of the maltiness and the hoppiness. It certainly does.
0: I think we're going to have to revisit this one in a, at a Maybe. pre-show or after show in the future. Because I don't want
1: to suggest that all this is a bad beer because it's very tasty. It's, it's really tasty. It's delicious.
0: It's hard to describe what's good about it because it's not as good as the Sierra yeah. Nevada. Because I'm getting some of that dry roasted barley malt that sits on your tongue Mm -hmm. that we're getting in some of these beers. But I'm not getting the coffee, the chocolate, the the stuff that the Sierra Nevada was just really good.
1: They have to adjust our priorities a bit.
0: Wow, this is a history-making moment on Craft Beer Radio. (laughs) So let's find stuff that we haven't really talked about this beer. Let's figure out what we're tasting here. Okay,
1: so like I said, I mean, the tastes are are more muted, but I'm getting... What amounts to a, a, a fairly fairly malty taste, not really roasted chocolate or anything, but sort of malted milk balls, that kind of taste, coming through. Like you said, that bitterness from the malt is hitting your tongue in that same place it always hits it, which is right, sort of in the back of your tongue. A little bit of, of phenolic hoppiness coming through on the sides, but that kind of fades away very quickly. The mouthfeel is not as strong as, or not as thick as the Sierra Nevada.
0: No, it's not. Getting a little bit of, of the, the dry malt extringency that we were talking about a lot in the first show. Yeah. And we actually haven't had much of that this show. This one is a little bit, but it, it's barely... Well, i say the Black Hook had more astringency than,
1: okay. than this one. But it's there. It really, it really wasn't there in, in this here in Nevada at all. Yeah. yeah. It, it's very good, but it's just not the same.
0: <laughs> it's it's good but it's not as good as yeah. as our memories have led us to believe. I drink a lot of this beer normally. I buy I buy cases at, of it. At sure. least a case a year if not two. And it, it's never disappointed until tonight. And it's just insane because it's very highly rated, right? And I love this stuff. It's been what, it's
1: one of my favorite beers of all time. But and yet, now I may have to reevaluate some of my priorities. Strange how a radio show will do that, huh? Okay, why don't you entertain the fans while I go grab the Anchor Porter? So, yes, our last beer of the night is the Anchor Porter, which Jeff uh, just put in the fridge before we did the show, so we just needed to get it to cool up. So, he's going to run over to his fridge and grab it. This is another American Porter like these olive men. This one, 5.6% alcohol from the Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco, California. Famous for, of course, their Anchor Steam beer, which is an Anchor combo, which I had some of last night. I think it was the first time I ever had the Anchor com the Anchor Steam, and it was uh,
0: it was all right. Okay, you didn't like you didn't like it that much.
1: It wasn't really my kind of flavor or anything. I had a mug of it. I didn't have a, a pint.
0: It's been a long time since I've had it. That's an ale brewed with lager yeast. Is that? It's a lager yeast bre- fermented at ale temperatures. Right. Okay, so it's a lager beer fermented at ale temperatures. Yeah. And that's the steam beer, and everyone will call it a steam beer if Anchor didn't trademark the name. Right. So the ultra name California Common takes mm-hmm. its place.
1: And Anchor Porter um likes here in Nevada is available pretty much everywhere. Let's see, they started in nineteen seventy one. San Francisco, California. And uh, the other beers that, that Jeff likes, which you put on this <laughs> sheet, oh. is uh, the Anchor Christmas and
0: the Old Foghorn. What's Old Foghorn? It's a barley wine. Oh, yeah. The thing about the Old Foghorn is it comes in this tiny little bottle. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a baby bottle. I pour it poured out, and it's like eight ounces. And you're like, really? Where's the rest of my beer at? What kind of alcohol is in that one? I don't recall off the top of my head. It's a barley wine range. Whoa,
1: that's an interesting smell. It's a very sugary smell. Yeah, it, is.
0: it smells like Belgian. Yeah, it smells like a Belgian it smells beer. Like Belgian sugar. Not sure what to make of that. It's a. It's a very rich aroma. It has some of the sugar, some of a the, the little bit of the chocolatey, the toffee. I think toffee getting the aroma on that.
1: Yes, toffee. Very good call. This is the blackest beer of the night in terms of its color. I mean, it is. It is dark, dark dark.
0: Yeah. The only way you can really evaluate how dark it is is if you look at the bottom corner like from the edge glass to right. the bottom and see how much red hi- ruby highlights you get. And this one's barely any of any at all. And a nice little head on here, about a finger's worth. Let's
1: give it a taste.
0: It tastes like it smells. You get yeah. You get some of that candy type taste to it. You get some of the toffee type taste. It's not your average porter no, taste not at, at all. No, it's,
1: it's a sweet porter. It's sugary. It's something that would appeal to you if you're really... That's it. That's it. It's reminiscent of a milk stout. Hmm.
0: Milk stout, which are stouts made with... Uh, it has lactose, lactose sugar added, which is a non-fermentable sugar, so it just adds sweetness and body to the beer.
1: It's different. Different than all the other beers you had. Nice mouthfeel. Nice, thick mouthfeel. The sweetness initially hits you, and then sort of gives away to some sort of roasted maltiness. Not so much of the, uh, you really don't get that kind of,
0: that bitterness on the tongue that we were tasting. We also don't get a lot of hoppiness either. It's a fun beer to drink because it's not what we were expecting. It's different, and there's a bunch of flavors there. It's the beer tonight where you can actually go over your tongue and get some more flavors out of it.
1: What was the alcohol in this one? uh, 5.6, so it's not a very high alcohol
0: beer. But it's definitely different. Yeah, it has a definite residual sweetness to it. Craft Beer Radio's official mascot. And we had a little fly, fly flying around. around. <laughs> Got to clean your apartment up, Jeff. I just cleaned this place. <laughs> it's cleaner than it's been in. Well,
1: at it's least not an apartment. Six months. Now.
0: Six months. I think there might have been a flea jumping off of the dog. Oh, great! <laughs> no, we just put flea medicine on both of them last week. <laughs> That's why they're jumping off. Yeah, could be. I should have never been in the first place, though.
1: (laughs) This is, um... Hmm. Now some of that malty thing is sticking on my tongue a little bit as it goes forward, that that malty uh, stringency.
0: It's kind of reminiscent also with a lot of the the thick black flavor you get with Imperial Porters and Baltic Porters, but it doesn't have anywhere near the alcohol of those. Right. It's a very sweet porter. It's different. Very different from
1: the other ones. Our mascot will not leave us alone. <laughs> Time to kill him <laughs> Yes we support killing bugs on crafty radio. can't you read the
0: on the air sign bug? <laughs> Jeff and I are just sort of looking at each other, trying to because well it, it has that that sweet, has that candy flavor, has that toffee flavor, and there's so much there i 'm trying to figure out. Words. It doesn't fit to into the same of
1: kind of stuff that we've been drinking the rest of the night.
0: It, it feels like a different type of beer. Feels like, if you gave this to me blind, I would classify it as an imperial porter. For sure. It goes. I'd, up class, there.
1: I'd think of it as, as a stout. Okay. I'd call it a stout if you were to give it to me blind.
0: Like a, a strong dry stout. Or, no, it's real sweet, so you wouldn't really call it a dry stout. But Maybe like, like you said, a milk stout. Milk stout. Yeah, milk stout or imperial porter. Somewhere in there. It's not what we were expecting from a, a brewery like Anchor. Yeah. Where, either right or wrong, I think of them as brewing safe beers because of their size. You know, not really brewing things that are that far out there, and that could be completely incorrect in, of my opinion. But that's where I'm what I'm thinking of, and certainly a surprise from these guys. Hmm. So
1: we've reached the end of our beers for tonight. How
0: would you rank them? I would. Uh, Sierra Nevada first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anchor second. We're getting all the bottles here because we don't have a good enough memory to remember <laughs> which one's which. Yeah, we drank
1: five beers we go on.
0: Yeah. So Sierra Nevada, Anchor, Edmund, Wild Goose, Black Hook.
1: Now, I'm
0: wondering if... Edmund is just third because we were so disappointed because of our expectations. Well, I am ranking them on how they tasted to me tonight. Yeah. Not on my f- overall impression of each of these beers because Edmund did not win the race tonight. No. But normally it, it's right up there. Yeah. And I remember
1: being at the Red was the Red Star Beer Festival and uh, you with some friends of yours and you're like, he asked them, what's the best porter in America? And they pointed right to... Evan Fitzgerald Evan Fitzgerald Lakes. yeah doesn't appear to be the case it's Certainly not anymore
0: no not, um, not tonight with our taste buds
1: I definitely agree with you Sierra Nevada uh, first I'm
0: I'm you know, feeling like
1: Anchor doesn't belong it's just different
0: but the George Washington was just different last week and that yeah. was good
1: the Anchor has the right mouthfeel. the Great Lakes had sort of the right combination of flavors if it was a little bit Boulder. Boulder, right. I may have to put Great Lakes in front of Anchor, just because I think I'd I'd drink, I'd be more willing to drink the more, more Great Lakes than Anchor. Just
0: too much sweetness for the Anchor, even though it's good. The, the Anchor, you know, that'd be, that'd be a good winter warmer type feeling beer, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to get blitzed.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, I'd agree with you, Wild Goose and uh, Black Hook. So we just switch uh, Great Lakes and and uh, Anchor, and that's pretty much how it goes.
0: Sierra Nevada, gotta give them, gotta give him a hand. Yeah, that was definitely a tasty one tonight. Yeah. Well, we were going to be off next week because Greg's going to be in the land of the rising sun.
1: We <laughs> are thirteen hours ahead of uh, everybody here in the East
0: Coast. Awesome. There, well, yes. have a great trip.
1: I'll see if I can uh, take some
0: pictures and show you. When we come back, we're going to be coming back with the India Pale Ale. Yes, two shows on India Pale Ale. And we got some humdingers of beers lined up for it. <laughs> so I would like to thank all of you for listening. I'd like to thank Greg for being my wonderful co-host. And I would like to thank PageMotion.com for our bandwidth.
1: And I'd like to thank beer for being around.
0: That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is "Lameface" by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.